Mifton down Mifton. to Dungeon. Yeah. Um, Mifton Peeved. Mifton Peeved. That's a way of saying, like, you're angry or you're mad. Don't be Mifton Peeved. Miffed. Don't be Miffed and Peeved. Miffed. I don't want it. I don't use it. It's a real one. I don't use it. That in your vocab? Down to Dungeon. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com. Feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. The Thunder have signed Paul George to a 3 plus 1 deal. We did a podcast with me, Michele, Jay Smith, Alex Spears. I did not record an intro because we just wanted to keep it as raw as possible. Uh, so here is the podcast. Thanks for listening so much. Uh, please share this with your friends, any other Thunder fan that you know. Uh, that doesn't listen to podcasts, introduce them, share this with them, share it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Uh, but without further ado, here's the show. Is it like scared money? Money don't make none or don't make money? Don't, make, don't, get, like, don't make none. It's not, okay. it's not proper English. Okay. Yeah, I, I figure. Hey, do you guys ever notice? Sorry, this is totally off topic. Uh, Sam Vecini's podcast, when. At the beginning, he's always so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, his his he- uh, hello is quite loud. Yeah. Oh, man. That bang bang reminded me of it. <laughs> I was like, oh, is Sam on the line? Has it, I can't hear it because it's like into my, it's in my feed. It's in my, like, oh, mic. It was, it was fine the last time you played it. it this is, bang, bang. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's perfect. He was smoking cigars. Oh. Russ and Russ and, and, and PD. This is so. Uh, this is just. I just can't believe this is happening, you guys. Um, Jay has like seven. Okay, four a four year, hundred and thirty seven million dollar max contract for Paul George. Wait, say what? that again. Oh my! This this is this is incredible. So it's a three plus one. Three plus one. No, hold on. Yeah. This includes player. Oh, oh, that's that's not real. My gosh, guys! Oh, that's that's inc- no. Sorry, this this is this is nuts. This is nuts. This is so nuts. Four years, guys. What is happening? You know, <laughs> you know what's happening. Bing bang. That. Yeah. Bing bang. Bing bang. I'm probably just leaving all this in. I'm still trying to get a hold of Jay. Um, three plus one, guys. Wow. I, I don't even get that. <laughs> why, why? Why is he doing that? Like, I don't I, know. He, but I'm so under the five year. Is Russ blackmailing him? Like somehow? Like this is that's crazy. Jay, uh, that's... why are you not on Skype? Jay has also. Little known fact about Jay, he has like five Skype accounts because he keeps forgetting the password. And so I don't know which one to call. I'm going to grab another uh, celebration beer. I'll be back in a second. Okay. McKelly, three plus one. And no, that's, 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 that's not right. Like, not right. So 
we get so he three. Des- he decided to spend his prime there with Russ. Period. Period. How about this referendum on Russ? Like, I I'm just blown away. No, no, no. I, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I have a beer here. It's early in the morning. I cannot drink beer. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> you ripped me out on Twitter once for drinking beers uh, in like <laughs> weird times. So I would not do it at 6 a.m. That's <laughs> three years. Oh, that's, that's unbelievable. Three seasons. Like, I mean, you know what, guys? We get to have three, three summers of not freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Three we full. We never even talked three plus one. No, mm. I didn't think it was possible. I thought he would either max out or he'd go at at most two plus one. At most. All right. I finally got Jay. So he's Jeremy coming. has a player option on the third year. So he's a yeah. two plus one. Yeah. Wow. They like they are really betting that somehow um in 2020 the salary cap will, cap will bump a bit and here's here's something else is that if kevin durant really is going to leave golden state after next season after dwight howard farts him out of golden state like the thunder are poised to be a contender like i know like right now is like ah who cares it's the warriors but i don't think this warriors thing is going to last that long and yeah like the Thunder could be a contender then, and like who knows who's going to be on the roster at that point? Because if you have you have a commitment from two stars, that's the hardest thing is to get the two. Like yeah, I, I feel like they can add a third, or maybe that's Stephen Adams. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You have the core locked up, like uh, Russell, Paul, and Stephen uh, until 2020, 2021. They are in the books. Period. Yeah, and it's. Wow, that's 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 somebody. Hey, Jay, what's up? You you got to be a little bit. Me? Hey, for the first time in your podcasting life, you're gonna have to you be a little to be bit louder. You got to be a little bit louder. Um, Is that loud enough? That's good. Jay, Too loud. Jay, welcome to stability as a thunder. No, stability as a thunder fan. Have you ever? Dude, I can't. I can't believe he's doing a three or four year with a player option in the fourth. That's insanity. When was the last He's time money uh, on the table? Like, I'm like, I'm yeah, like legitimately shocked at what happened in the last 20 minutes for the Thunder. Between that and Jeremy Grant signing, that's a fantastic contract for Jeremy Grant. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 what I hope. Like less than 10, less than and, Robertson, which was like, yeah. if he gets what Robertson gets, that's like a good contract for the Thunder. Uh, but and Jeremy, you know, Jeremy wasn't good. At the beginning of last season, like he wasn't oh, a no. good NBA player, and he became one. And I just like wonder how how much better can he be? Bing, bing. Yeah, and you. So <laughs> I went on uh, just on Twitter, and you saw like Ryan Rosillo, Zach Lowe, a couple of voices I trust in NBA. Uh, I don't know, just the NBA uh, media, and they both talked about the evolution of Jeremy Grant, and how much they started liking him towards the end of the season. It's just great. One of the things that I also missed is I guess Windhorse was just like speechless when the details of 
Paul George's contract came out. The fact that he didn't even give the Lakers a meeting oh, is unbelievable. It says a lot. It says so many things. Alex, I want you to take the floor on this Lakers thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I for whatever reason, I and many others are still under the allure of the Lakers. You know, the Lakers mystique. <laughs> I I don't know why. Like we, it's keep gets it's being disproven year after year after year. Ever since I don't know, like five years ago. I mean, well, Marcus every Aldridge s- was the first one I remember. Yeah, that one. Um, and so I, yeah, I'm just. I'm shocked, but I guess I shouldn't be because this has been the state of the Lakers for half decade now. And, uh, and they, they're, you know, it, it's hard to be too gleeful and, and make fun of the Lakers because they're probably going to get LeBron James in the next few days. Um, but the fact that this one in particular, Paul George, this case in particular did not even give them a meeting. I mean, he was last year's Kawhi Leonard and everyone uh, just assumed he was going to L.A. The fact that they did not even get a meeting is insane. I can't believe it. So does that put, do you guys, and this is thinking about something I don't really want to talk too much about, but do you think that puts more pressure on the Lakers to start really digging into the Kawhi options right now? I think it does because what if, you know, a team like Philly sees what just happened with Paul George and they say, hey, maybe we should take the risk. Like, we don't have to give up the farm to beat a potential Lakers offer, especially if the Spurs don't even want Lonzo Ball in the first place. So that kind of limits what the Lakers could give up anyways. Like I, I could see the the trade market picking up and there being more suitors just because of that. So, yeah, I, I think the Lakers got to make a move. Yeah, and it might be DeMarcus Cousins, and that's a terrifying proposition. Yes, I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. You've got to go to Andy's Frozen Custard. It is seriously the best frozen custard you can get. It is made fresh hour by hour. You can watch it being made through the window. Actually, I highly recommend doing that. you got to go now because the Blackberry Concrete is still available. And it is the best summertime treat, period. You can't disagree. It's just the truth. Go check it out, and you will agree with me. Also, my wife got a banana split that she shared with my kids, and they also love that. So they have lots of options. You can get all kinds of concretes. They have chocolate. They have candy, uh, all kinds of things. You can go to Andy's here in Oklahoma City. They have a couple of locations. Uh, in Missouri, they have a ton. Texas, Phoenix, uh, Tennessee, Florida, all those places have Andy's frozen custard. So if you're listening in any of those locations, go check it out today. Support the people that support Down to Dunk. Eat at Andy's. And there's, a, I mean, we we are <laughs> confident that LeBron is going there. It's not a done deal, right? Yeah, if you watching the jump tonight, I mean, it is for everybody there. I think they all assume it's a done deal. Uh, yeah. The one that the, let me just speak about crap that annoys me just for like two seconds, maybe a myth to peep uh, segment. Like, can I intro, you want me to such, intro your myth and peep? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, real quick. <laughs> so I love the jump. Like, I think it's such a great idea. I love so much about it. But 
every time they bring Brian's uh, Byron Scott onto it, it is like the most enraging, <laughs> miffing, peeving moment. Because I'm just like he has like no, like no care about trying to hide how much he's just there advocating for the Lakers, and so it's just like the most annoying and raging part of that show. And so they had a uh, Kevin Arnovitz, who I love Kevin Arnovitz. I think he does a good job. And all of a sudden Kevin Arnovitz disappears. And then Byron Scott shows up and it was like <laughs> the biggest letdown of my evening. But luckily it picked up because everything I wanted the thunder to do, uh, happened four years, three years with the player option. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Absurd. We get to experience the, crazy- the primes of both these players. Like, top 10 top 15 players in oklahoma city for the next three years we get their primes plus steven adams coming into his prime jeremy grant being who knows what he's going to be under robertson as a defensive player of the year type of guy plus whatever sam presti whatever else sam presti can do which like you just at this point you can't underestimate the man like you just you just can't which is what so the question in the back of my mind is what like, what does the rest of this summer look like? Um, obviously, <laughs> oh, they man. still have they still have the taxpayer mid-level if they wanted to mess with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have to. But I still think there's something. And they're going to have conversation with Paul George and Russell. And, and they're going to sit down and try to figure out something. I mean, what happens if they turn that mellow contract into, like, two really good players that could immediately help this team? Like, nothing is outside of the realm of possibility with what Sam Presti has proven to us over the course of the last really 365 days. And I think yeah. that point, the, the idea of a Miller trade makes so much more sense now that Paul George is locked up for multiple years, like trading him to get depth. Like some of the Miami deals we've talked about mm-hmm. makes so much more sense. Now it's, it would yeah. be different if he had signed a one plus one and there's a risk that he leaves next summer. And then you just have all these other, you know, extra contracts for another year. But now you can go and get some of that depth and it makes sense. Like now you're building a team around these two guys who are going to be here for at least the next three years. Bing, bing. Yeah. 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 It, it makes like total sense. Um, we, I think we already scrutinized most of the um, players that have like good contracts. No, not bad contracts, but um, that last a bit longer and they are better player than Melo. Um, but I really, I, I'm still thinking that with the commitment of both parties, they can make it work. Um, of course, if you get like James Johnson and uh, another player, uh, Dion, that will baby. probably work. Yeah, yeah, that that would that will work. Um, but again, um, I think that chemistry and another year and uh, Melo in a better role for him um, yeah. would be would be still good, uh, still interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. Well, I'm not here to say that uh, keeping Melo is the best option. Uh, option because it's not. But it's it's not a bad option. It cannot Kelly, be. A, uh, no. You were talking just when I jumped on about the salary cap. You know, they're projecting in a couple of years the salary cap is going to increase to a level that's going to make this team a little easier to kind of think about which i know we're not trying to have conversations about salary cap i get that but uh the other part of that is the fact that i I wonder the thunder making this choice like i you have to think back to how they made choices with the assumption more conservatively about Mm -hmm. the salary cap bumps 
with even the James Harden thing, which I know there's multiple layers to that, but they made financial decisions assuming that the salary cap would not jump as high as it ended up doing, and it ended up biting them. It feels like Sam Presti and the organization are making a little bit more risky uh, or riskier decisions going forward, thinking, hey, every time we've tried to be conservative, it's bit us in the butt because in the end, the salary cap always increases at a higher rate than we have predicted or assumed. Do you think that plays into that aspect of what they're doing? Oh, I think the gambling part um, is what is lingering here. Uh, no one knows about uh, the projection of the legalized gambling uh, on the on the salary cap, but they can be huge. Like they don't know, like anyone uh, who is covering the NBA at the salary cap level uh, doesn't know about how, how much of a bump uh, it can lead to, but like everyone is talking about, this is a like owner are willing to spend because of that, and so um, I I don't know how much, uh, but even if it's like uh, six, seven, eight billions, that can make a difference between paying the tax next year. Uh, this year is like uh, the following season is like a, a done deal; it's guaranteed. Um, but the one after that. They don't know. I mean, um, because if the cap rises rises for like um, 110 million, something like that, then you're really close to get under. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that you are spot on there. Uh, the organization wants to uh, be ahead of this and they are risking uh, money because, of course, if nothing of that happened, they will pay the tax. Uh, but if they get a break from the salary cap, then it's a it's even a better summer uh, for them. Yeah, let alone, uh, I mean, you look at all of the trending kind of ideas about the NBA is this league is just starting to really scratch the surface of where they're headed as far as popularity. Like it's going to be, I mean, the next three or four years, and especially like as much as I hate it, like, but getting LeBron James to LA, like that just spikes up the, uh, that just spikes up the popularity of the sport even more. And so, which brings more money revenue because you can ask for more from TV contracts. And so that's enough of that conversation. Uh, but Paul George and Jeremy Grant in the first 30 minutes of free agency, what are we going to do for the rest of the summer? I don't know. That's, chill. Uh, chill. Like be happy. <laughs> be like live, live a life without anxiety. That's what we'll do. Get off my blood pressure medicine. Yeah. Bing, bing. Man, I just, this is so, so unbelievable. I mean, Here's what all this does. It really just speaks to the fact that the Thunder, despite what a lot of people think, the Thunder have something really special and created something special with this team. And I know that everybody's like, oh, things didn't go well. You know, this team isn't any good. They're out in the first round. This team's going nowhere. That's There's just no context or nuance within any of that. But a lot of people just summarize the Thunder season like that. But their culture, the way that they run their team, the way they treat their players, and Russell Westbrook being a top five NBA player, like all those things really matter. And to be able to re-sign Jeremy Grant and Paul George for the contracts that they have, for the for the length of time that they're like, it just speaks to all of that. Like the Thunder have something special, and those guys. Jeremy Grant and Paul George looked at the Thunder and looked at the rest of the NBA and said, "You know what? I don't have to talk to anybody else. Like I know where I want to be, and I've you know been a part of the organization for a little while for both of them, not not that long. But they decided that was enough. Like I've seen and been around these guys enough to know that this is a this is a simple choice. 
because obviously these deals were already done. Like they didn't meet like at eleven o'clock and be like, "Hey guys, what do you want to do?" Like they they knew, they knew, and it's just it's it speaks a ton to Sam Presti and what he's built over the past decade here in OKC, uh, and it also speaks to Russell. And also, I, the Thunder learned a ton from Kevin Durant leaving. They learned a ton, and they approached the Paul George situation so much differently than they did uh, with Kevin. Uh, going I mean, they flew. Agency. They flew in Nas. They did. They did. <laughs> like this franchise has made like a 180 <laughs> over the course of the last yeah. year, like and the last two years. Really. They've they've learned and adapted. They're they're not just the Spurs. Like the Spurs just sit back quietly and just have Tim Duncan do everything and commit, and they do everything behind the scenes. But like the Thunder, like they they learned and they're they're growing, and a lot of people. I mean, a lot of like right now, the conversation on Twitter is like, "Oh my gosh, the tax bill! What are we gonna do about the luxury tax, everyone? How are we gonna do this?" Like, here's the thing, and you guys mentioned this earlier with the legalized gambling. Like, this, these situations change quickly. The financials of the NBA change quickly. Like in three years, we don't know that these max deals for Russ and Paul George aren't gonna look amazing because they could. You know, I remember Demar Derozan signing a four four years 40 million dollar contract and they're like whoa how are the raptors going to afford that here in a couple of years and then like now i remember my mike conley mike conley signed a huge contract with the grizzlies and everybody was just like like i remember bill simmons of all people you know not surprisingly but he was just like that is the worst contract and that was I've his ever seen and it was his second contract not this one that he's in now but his second yeah. one that, yeah. yeah, and the NBA landscape just changes so quickly, and so like we don't, well, we don't know that there couldn't be another huge cap spike, and if that's the case, then the Thunder are in, they're they're just they're going to be fine, but we can't worry about that. Like the Thunder are putting together the best team that they can. Yeah, and I'm getting. Go ahead, sorry, Alex, go. I'm getting so fired up right now. Some of these, some of these. Are you on Lakers Reddit? Oh no, no. I'm, I'm just on regular Twitter. Did you see the? Hold on, let me see if it's the post that that it's the one that made me so angry. Is it at uh, Worldwide Wob or yes. whatever? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, he it, sucks. It, so he said, uh, "Well, someone explained to me how the Thunder are willing to pay uh, all this luxury tax when they wouldn't do it for Harden." It's like, first of all, what if what if they learned? What if they learned from the Harden trade. They saw what happened with the Harden trade. They saw the fallout and they were like, hmm, if we're ever in that position again, maybe we should go all out and spend whatever we can. Like, what what did these people want? Like, they want the Thunder to just give up because they, like, always have to be cheap or they always don't want to spend as much as they possibly can? Like, what do they want from the Thunder? What do they want them to be? Like, the Thunder are being exactly what everyone has asked them to be for years and years and years. They're paying up. They're bringing in a top 15 guy and convincing him to stay and giving him whatever he wants. They're building a team around him. They're not letting Jeremy Grant go. Like, what more do you want from this team? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and there is a skew narrative that... Sorry. That really bothers me. Is that they offered uh, a, a contract, like 55 millions, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, to James Harden. It's not that they offered him like 30 for three seasons. They offered him four for like 55 uh, for four, which he, which would have put them way above the luxury tax back then. Um, so I, I don't really understand. Like, 
every great franchise as a player that made a sacrifice, like Clay Thompson, Raymond Green, um, whoever you, you can pinpoint, like Chris Bosch. Um, like James was not okay doing that. It's it's that simple. And probably Presti decided that trading him would have been the best choice. Like it's 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 not just money. Like they were okay paying money, not the amount of money that James wanted. Full stop. Yeah, I think, and somebody said it, and I can't remember who it was to give him credit, but it is part of it's a lesson learned. Uh, but I also think, like, it is, I remember whenever they talked about adding the Supermax option for for Oklahoma City to be able to kind of, uh, in hindsight, give it to Russ. Like, I remember them saying there were closed-door meetings where the owners said, the two cap spikes have killed the Thunder, and if we don't do something to not kill them on this one, we're going to have problems. And so like, obviously there were two unique circumstances that made it to where Harden's issue, you know, wouldn't have been an issue if they just wanted to pay him the max at that point. And then obviously the, the 2016, uh, you know, cap smoothing that they didn't do, but mm-hmm. man, I don't know. So Alex, are you, are you back? I know you're on here just destroying some people on Twitter. I just saw you come across, but Alex and Andrew and, and even you, McKelly, I'd like for you all to talk about, like, it's too early, obviously, to look at this, but are there some guys that you all have in sight for maybe this team to look at for that mid-level, uh, mid-level the taxpayer uh, mid-level, or is there is it too early to start moving that direction? Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about, like, what pieces do you need for this team to really start getting them to the place Oh, the, sorry, just breaking. Shams just said Houston, uh, Trevor Reza just signed with the Suns. One year, 15 million. Ooh. Whoa. One year, 15 million. The Jeff Green special. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, that's that's good. That's addition by subtraction for I'm about the to, Thunder. I mean, I'm about to I quote don't... tweet a whoa that is going to really offend Alex. Hold on. Quote tweeted, whoa. After he, sweet. after he after he says that, after he said that, I why? felt like I did it all the time. Like that? I'm okay with, like, but why? Well, why Phoenix offer? But, but that's that's another. Like they have all wings now. But anyway, uh, from no wings to like all wings. But that's who cares? They they will not win enough. Uh, but They're trying like, to give space to Aiden, man. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> that's 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 right. Um, I don't know. Well. Well, Houston had like a huge bill to pay, and they decided yeah. not to pay their guys. Um, so, who's the cheap? Who's the cheap franchise now? So, what do you um, all think about Chris <laughs> Paul's four-year, <laughs> your four-year, one hundred and sixty million dollar contract? Hey, I, I think it's obvious from this Arisa deal that people just don't like playing with Harden and CP3. You know, <laughs> yeah, they just rather, don't want to play with them. He'd rather play in Phoenix. That is crazy. That's such it's, a big loss for them. Yeah. It is. I don't yeah. know how you replace. How do you replace Trevor Ariza for them? He played a ton of minutes for them. I mean, they have to sign Mba Mute, right? Like they have to keep. Oh, it. Oh yeah, have to. Not that but he, now, he now they have leverage. Ariza. They have leverage, uh, like the players. Like if I'm yeah. Mute, I'm asking the full taxpayer MLA at least. Oh uh, yeah, uh, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, um, but coming back to, to to Jay's question, I think, and I'm probably the only one here, um, but I would love for them to get rid of Raymond Felton and get a real point guard. 
um, because I have <laughs> mixed <laughs> mixed feelings uh, about uh, about Ray. I mean, he won a lot of game, a lot. Like, um, but like but they were in a games. they were in a position that they didn't need to be in too in those games. Exactly. I, I just want a player that um, plays a different style and. I don't know if that player is there uh, on the market, but I think that if they can upgrade that position, uh, it would be um, a good upgrade uh, yeah. because it did it, it really didn't work um, with, with Paul George. Uh, it really didn't, and with Melo uh, as the second unit leader, maybe. Um, but if you want to stagger Russ and, and PG, you have to find something else. Yeah. Ed Davis. Maybe Snapier. Ed Davis just went to the Nets. Huh. I like that. Yeah. One year, four point four million. I like Ed Davis. I, yeah. know, I feel like he's more than that, but uh, this is a. This, where did Shabazz go? Shabazz Napier. Where did he go? He has. He no. just the the no. Portland did not pick up his option. No, that's that's one of the possible upgrade. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> I like. I was gonna say. No, I like that idea. He can shoot it. Um, I, I, I like Ray. I thought he was good. Like, I'd be fine if they brought him back, but I, I hear you on, I th- I think that he, the second unit was not good with Paul George. And I, you have to wonder if Ray was a part of that because he was, he did dribble the ball a ton and yeah. the ball didn't move. So if you had more of a distributing point guard, with out there with Paul and with Ferguson and with Abrinas, like what does that look like? It's probably a lot better. Yeah, that's 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 the main point. And also, um, you need to have someone um, like PG is great off screens, and uh, yeah. if you if you have him, you need to to build up something that resembles what um, Steven and Russ are doing with the first unit uh, for him. And so I I'm not sure that. Um, Felton can put as much pressure uh, as as Russ did, of, uh, did, does, of course. And so um, I think you have to change direction there, if you can. But uh, if he's willing to re- uh, resign for the bad minimum and you don't find anything else, then you keep him, of course. Yeah. And you change and you look for change elsewhere. Yeah. I just I just can't get over three plus one for <laughs> Paul George. Bing, bing. I just can't believe it. I just can't believe that he committed for that long. And he's going, I mean, he'll be in his 11th season when he can opt out. And so he can opt into that big deal. But I just, it shows that he has a really high level of commitment to the Thunder, uh, which is interesting and believes in the team um, and just believes in the direction that they're going. And maybe they won't be a contender next season, uh, but you have to believe that they're going to be trying to build one over the next three years. Like we have three seasons for them to go get somebody else or to figure out exactly who to put around Paul George and Russell. Uh, it's, and you know, they have the right GM to do it. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how they form this team over the next few years. And that's why I think the mellow contract is so interesting now, because it's not like they're going to have any space next summer or for the next three summers. Yeah. So they have this piece now with Melo that they could move to a team because plenty of teams are trying to get off future money. And apparently OKC just has a stash somewhere in Oklahoma <laughs> City. Just millions and millions of dollars that they, they're waiting to spend. Hey, that, that is honestly a thing. 
Not that there's like an, a hidden underground a, stash, but <laughs> send the botanical gardens. <laughs> they, they've been saving money. They've saved money for years. But yeah, it's it. it you're yeah, right. It's the contract it gives, it gives is a huge opportunity. Yeah, it is, and it's they. And I just believe that Sam Presti is going to either either they're just going to take the cap relief next summer, and they're going to like tell Mello that he's this is your role, and maybe he'll accept it. You know, by the time training camp comes around, because like this team's locked in, and he's either in or out. Like, there's no. I, I just feel like he's either going to be all in, or the Thunder are going to arrange for something to happen. Um, I just need the I just need the Thunder to trade Carmelo Anthony to the Nets for Jeremy Lin and Damari Carroll. That's all I want. Well, that's a pretty well, low low bar there, Jamon. I love Jeremy Lin. I do too. Me and yeah. Taylor. Yeah, you guys would freak like, out. How, how many how many games they will play as a duo? Like ten. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> yeah, valid, valid. Yeah, uh, would no, you I mean, have I, ten games from those two guys or one game from Carmelo Anthony? Again, I'm not as down I'm as just, you. Uh, I know, but I know, I know, I know. I'm not either, man. I was so on the mellow hype train, man. But the end of the season was so brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like after also game, his effort was like questionable um, to yeah. say the least. So no, I mean I love Jeremy. I think he would be uh, a great fit because he he can really play um, with Russ uh, because of his shooting. And so if he's semi healthy, uh, which is a big if, um, I think that is a as an okay trade. I don't like Demari. Uh, anymore but I think you can do like this is not a bad trade um, but I think you can do better than that I think there's like just looking at the the reality of what's happened in Oklahoma City tonight uh, one of the things I think is Im- important is I think that the coaching staff and the ownership can take some more risks with Mello to where you don't have to I feel like last year there were there were so many kind of small details that were so hard is I think number one is the fact that um, there's so you could feel the pressure for that team through the television while they would play like they felt like they had to be everything this one year. And I think you immediately lose that um, going forward where it's just like, hey, we've got another full year to figure this out. We're going to come back and be healthy. We're going to do all of these. I mean, there's going to be a lot um, just a lot less pressure on this team to go forward. And so that's helpful. But I think there's also like they were so uh, they were trying so hard this season. And this is assumptions. This is total assumptions. They were trying so hard this season just to keep things copacetic um, to where like they is there a chance. Maybe this is a question. Maybe it's rhetorical that Billy Donovan can take a little more risks with the locker room um, saying, hey, Mello, like just being more kind of authoritative with with Mello and just telling him what he's going to do instead of allowing him to dictate really what's going to go on. Does that make I'm not sure no, I'm making sense because I'm trying to retweet at the same time. No, like, no, no. You're you're 100 percent. Right. Is that this? I mean, the fact is this team was had a year long pitch to Paul George is all it was. Right. And in some ways you're walking on eggshells like you don't want to make him upset and you don't want to, you know, make Mello upset and you don't want any dysfunction whatsoever in your locker room. 
Like you just want things to go well. And so you can't do things like bench mellow in several games during the season because you know it's probably not going to go well. But now that you have a commitment, like the goals are a little are different. Like you don't have to pitch him anymore. He's here. And so sometimes there has to be a little bit of turmoil for things to like to grow. And so maybe there had to be maybe there needs to be a little bit of turmoil in the locker room, especially with Mello, for them to grow or for them to decide that, yeah, you need to be traded and he'll just wave his no trade wherever he goes. But I do think that it gives Billy way more room. Uh, like, you know how stressful last season was. Like, you just overanalyzed every single game. All of us did. And, you know, you don't have to do that anymore. Like, well, what is Paul thinking here? What did he say here? What are these people going to do? You know, like, you don't have to do that. Like, they've committed long-term. You have you know, a nice core moving forward. And if Mello can't get on board with that, then like he either is going to be traded or he's going to be bought out. Like those, that's what's going to happen. Um, also, Tibbs got his man. <laughs> yeah, so Michele, yeah. I mean, how would you think they would trade Tyus Jones inside the division? Well, <laughs> He'd be a great backup point guard, Oh yeah. Yeah. I love him. I love him. Um, I am not sure he will probably demand a trade. Um, it, well, if I were his agent, I would like I would ask for a trade. Uh, but coming back to to your point, Andrew um, and Jay about the um, Billy Donovan um, handling of Melo, I think that the locker room will handle Melo in a different way. Oh, like yeah. now, there are three players. Uh, well, four if you count Jeremy Grant, but he doesn't speak, so uh, probably it doesn't count as a voice there. Um, like, you have three players committed. So the team is theirs, Stephen, uh, Paul, and Russ. And so if those three guys are okay with Melo starting off the bench, I think that Billy will go there and say, well, we don't want to screw up, screw up uh, this season, so you are coming off the bench. You don't want that? Like ask, like wave the no trade clause, and we'll find a home for you. Well, I think that <laughs> exactly, uh, and so uh, I think that the, last year, Paul George, Melo, and Russ were all guests, uh, uh, like except Russ probably that wanted to make everyone happy. Um, now you have like three players and and one guest, um, so. I think it's a different scenario and and Billy will make different choices or at least I hope um, that the um, this relationship with Mel will will so, change. And why why is it that nobody would assume that this Oklahoma City team would be better after an off season and I don't know like that's the most enraging frustrating part about all of this conversation is just like these guys had two months to figure out how to play together. And then really in the mid season had to change course whenever Dre got hurt about halfway through the season, a little over halfway through the season. Like this team is going to improve. And I think you're going to see guys like Ferguson who could take some serious steps forward this yeah. off season. I think, I think Abrinas, we saw some, some of what he can be in that jazz series. And, and I think Grant is still a guy that's young enough to continuously or to continue to improve. And I, I just think it's one of those things that's the most frustrating is you don't have to just think about, you know, mellow and how he's going to muck it up, but you could also just think about how, man, this team playing together over the course of a, 
if they get together this summer or if they have a good training camp together. And Mello even mentioned is when he threw Donovan underneath the under the bus where he said, you know, like he didn't really know what to do with us. Like we got here so late in the game that we didn't really know what to do, which I think is unfair and wrong. But yeah, it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what I'm saying like I think there's at least part of it where you think about the fact that having just more cohesion to this team and more internal development this team is going to be good. Like this team is going to be really good. Yeah. Even and if not, they just come in with the roster that is right now with a few peripheral pieces added. And not having to be in that like pressure cooker of wondering what's going to happen at the end of the season. Like I, I feel like part of the mellow issue was that they kind of had to keep up appearances. Like they had to treat mellow like this superstar because they didn't know how that was going to affect their chances with Paul George at the end of the season and now, like, this team is set in stone for at least the next three seasons, the, the main components of it. And so they're just going to have a lot more freedom to do what they want. They're, like, they don't have to, uh, like, kowtow to everything that Melo wants at this point. There's, there's no pressure on them to do that. Like, they already got Paul George. They already got Russell Westbrook. Like, Melo has no power over them at this point. Yeah. yeah. I think that that was you said that way better than I when I was trying to fumble my way towards that question. No, I think that they're all good points. Um, and it also just allows more creativity from Presti. Not only like in the locker room can things just be better, like the the team is going to come into the season way more relaxed. And Because I think the first, and I'll stick with the team and then I'll go to the front office here in a second, but I think they came into the season just so tight. Like Russell was just so, like he did, he wanted to do everything right. Like he wanted to be perfect and he wanted to show them that he could change and that he could do all these things and he just wasn't himself. I think Paul George was similar. I think Melo was similar and that's why they went 8-12 and 12 to start the season and they weren't any good because none of them felt like they knew how to be themselves with those other guys. But I just think that they go into this season way more relaxed and you get to see Russell do what he does. I think Paul will be more comfortable and hopefully his forearm won't be as tight as it was uh, in the second part of last season. Uh, you get to see Steven Adams be who he is and hopefully you get a healthy Andre Robertson. And then you have your, your question marks like Ferguson. Like Now we get to see because I was always wondering, like, are we going to be able to see what Ferguson can be on a good team or are we going to have to like make Ferguson like our second best player here in a few years which would be terrifying which was a real possibility like we if Paul George didn't make this commitment tonight we were looking at man like this team may not make the playoffs next year this team who knows what they're going to be uh but now like you get to imagine like wow we have this core they have a rookie scale player that is a wing that can end up really being something down the road and we get to see that development and see the development next to Paul George, and like maybe he's the starting shooting guard here in two years, and we still have the core there, and you might have a really great scoring shooting guard there. Like we just don't know, uh, but it's nice to be able to at least breathe a little bit and say like, wow, like we can develop these young guys at a slower pace than we thought we would have to. Did you see the uh, the David Griffin tweet? McKellie just retweeted it. It's, yeah, it's I retweeted great. it too. That's fantastic. Why don't you read it for maybe the potential uh, three people that didn't read it? So David Griffin said, impossible to overstate the significance of this level of commitment from Paul. Both he and Russ locked up for remainder of their primes and OKC can apply long-term vision while building mindfully around their stars. 
amazing family first approach paid off, which he's absolutely right. But it's also a shot at LeBron. And I think that part of LeBron's career will go down in his as his major flaw that he never really gave a team except for Cleveland the first time, like, you know, when he was drafted by them. He never gave the team that sense of security that like, okay, we have a few years to build around him. It was always like he could leave like next year or the year after. We never know what's going to happen. And having that security that Paul George just gave the Thunder just frees them up so much in terms of their roster construction going forward. Yep. Yeah, that's it's it's a huge point and it's going to allow the Thunder to actually build a contender over the next few years. Uh, yeah, the, those those healthy. one yeah. Those one plus one things, man. That that's not a great uh I don't know, a great way for the NBA to really let their stars kind of function. Uh anyway. Yeah. Bellinelli back to the Spurs. Didn't he play for the Spurs? He yes. did, yeah. Yeah. Back to the Spurs. Woo. Let's just do this all night. I know. So I'm like, how long does this go? Let's do Let's this. Let's just, just read see. our Twitter feed. Do you guys remember free agency being like this at midnight the past few years? No, I felt like it took like a this, week for things feels to really like the, get settled. It feels like the trade deadline. Well, did did you read, I forget who said it, but the idea that there's not a lot of teams who have money, so free agents are trying to get it while they can, and that's why we're seeing more deals right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's very interesting, and I, you, I know that uh, LeBron wasn't going to sit and listen to pitches, but you just have to wonder, like, what does LeBron do? Like, everybody expects him to go to LA, um, but you still look at Philly as an option. I know they've said it's an awkward fit, but it's still an option. Then you look at the Cavs. Like, can the Cavs do something over the next few days to convince them to come back? Uh, I'd still ex- fully expect them to go to the Lakers, but, you know, there's still a decision to be made there, which well, the whole world will be watching for that now that Paul has landed back in OKC. So is the sign-in trade with OKC not an option now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, like like i don't who knows who who, who knows who does know bing, bing. i don't know <laughs> i don't i mean i i would for, for melo for melo i mean i mean uh, i'm not like uh giving away steven of course oh no, man no. Okay. no i mean again <laughs> i i have uh, from what i heard it's it's really a done deal uh for lebron in lay who is your source? No, of course not. Of course not. But uh, it's it seems a done deal. And this this person told me um, it's going to be before July the 4th. So it, it's going to happen and it's going to happen quickly. And um, so I will check if the source is reliable or not. What about... Do you have any indication on whether it would be another one-year deal or if he's going to no, sign? No, uh, I, I don't really know. And no, that that is not um, part of the intel I had. And so, what do you all think he will do in terms of contract length? I think he he will go for the long haul this time. Uh, like as many years they will give him, he will take. That's my opinion, though. Um, and to be honest, this is what. I would do uh, if I were him. Like, get get your money, get four year, five years if they give them to you, and just 
just stay in LA and as Jay, as Jay said, like money, Le- LeBron and, and, and Los Angeles means tons of money. So that's, that's a good place to end your career. Yeah. It's, um, this off season is just crazy and the West is insane. So we have the Trevor Ariza replacement is Gerald Green. Oh, just <laughs> with Houston. Man, that is such a big that's such a big deal that he's gone from that team. Yeah. Ariza? Yeah. Cuz who played most who, like he played the third most minutes on that team. Okay. And is Umba Mute is he really a can he play no, small forward minutes? Not not really. That much. He's more he's like Jeremy Grantish playing the yeah. playing the 3. Where like he can steal minutes there, but he's not really a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. Do you think? Go, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, do you think anyone's going to offer uh, Capella uh, like a max? I don't know who would be at this point. I thought I Dallas was hoping in Dallas. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. hoping Dallas. What are the? What about the Lakers? McKellen and I were talking. They should. About what if the Lakers offer it? And if you, if you know, if Houston declines to match then like you get a great center to play with lebron as a rim running center and if and if they match then like you screw over the rockets like why wouldn't you do that it could be better than but we were talking about like in terms of him versus demarcus cousins like who would you rather have i got i'd rather have capella if you have lebron there because i i just don't and also you just don't know what boogie's health is and so I just rather have Capella. Period. Just because you know that he's not coming off an Achilles tear. Uh, but if you're the Lakers, like, why wouldn't you do that? Did you yeah, see, because uh, you have to offer at least two years. And so, um, if they are hoping to sign Kevin Durant next season, um, you cannot offer Capella the max. That's the only reason why. If you want to keep your space open, you have to to do just one year contracts. And the offer doesn't work like that. That's true. Well, you can throw out my idea now. Yeah, thanks. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for nothing. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Dylan what else, Young guys? Just what said else? It. This is well. Just Dylan Young just tweeted this, and it's like the thing that most connects to my soul this evening is. Lost in all of this, Oklahoma can now enjoy a season of basketball without subconsciously worrying about someone leaving next summer. Like yeah. it's been a while since I've been able to like watch games without panic in my heart. Like it's been, and I, you know, I don't think I'll really feel that until the season, but man, three years, three years. It's incredible. Yeah. It's fantastic. And who knows, man, like this warriors thing, like there's a potential that it could end next year. If Dwight Howard plays for them, um, yeah. it'll crumble to the ground. That's great. Uh, but it could be like it could be a lot of there's so many different dynamics to this where I mean, I, we all I think can agree that unless the Rockets do something in the next couple of weeks that they are they're taking a slight step down. Um, I mean, the Warriors are still going to be the Warriors, but the West is, you know, I, I think the Thunder are set up to be successful, um, to be really good for the next three years. And anybody that uh, that wants to say that they're not good, they weren't good this year, like it's just false, man. It's not real. And they weren't paying attention to this team throughout the entire season. And, uh, I don't know, man, I am I'm really, really, really 
excited about the future of this team and so thankful that tonight uh, went the way it did. It's amazing. So, so what do you guys think now for the Lakers? Do you or, or the Kawhi? What do you think is going to happen there? I don't know. I still think Philly is heavily in the mix to trade for him, and they may like their package better. And so, also like the signings that the Spurs are making are kind of weird. If they're going to, I guess they're not going to tank, right? Like you're signing Marco no. Allenelli. Six million a year. You're signing Rudy Gay to ten million a year. Is that non non not tanking? <laughs> Maybe it is, <laughs> but it's weird, right? Like this. Yeah, yeah. I I think that um, the Spurs are doing what's best for them, and I always thought that the Lakers offer is not the best um, because if Philly. If Philly brings to the table like a guy like Markel plus picks, that's not beatable by anyone besides probably Boston. Yeah. Uh, so, and Boston probably will take a, a rightfully so, uh, I should say, a conservative approach because it's it's risky to go after Kawhi. Well, Philly has so many assets that they can swing for the, for the fences and try to add uh, a top five player. And so, um, like, if if Philly offers a deal with um, Covington, Sharich, um, and three first rounders, uh, like mostly unprotected, who can beat that? Yeah. Like, there's not many team teams out there uh, that can beat that with, and you can even insert Sarah Smith in that. So it's close to four picks yeah so i really think that if philly wants him they can they, they have the offers to make it work yeah i feel like philly or boston's the i mean if they jumped into the fray with like a real deal for san antonio it'd be the easiest one for them to choose but they're just they're obviously hesitant because they don't want to sign a Kawhi or trade for a Kawhi and leverage for somebody that they're not sure is going to be their year or even play this year like or how much he's going to play like this year was obviously not a great look for Kawhi. Um, like to have such conflict with one of the most beloved franchises, which understandable. Like the Spurs are probably an acquired taste, um, but this is—I mean, the dude's been injured quite a bit the last couple of years. He missed the playoffs two years ago, or missed the you know most important part of the playoffs two years ago, and then was injured for the entire season this year. And I think both of those, like, it's obviously a risky thing, but is it a risk that's worth it if you can? Because Philly still keep as long as you're not messing with Embiid or Simmons, uh, you know everybody else. I think is relatively expendable on that roster. Um, am I missing somebody? No, I think that's it. Uh, and especially just to get a shot at Kawhi, because immediately, especially if LeBron goes to LA, and if you get Kawhi for one year, without a doubt, Philly is the uh, favorites in the East. Yeah. Right. Right. You're in a championship in year two, really, of your rebuild. Yeah, no, I now you rebuild your process. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, man, this uh, back to the Paul George stuff. This completely flips so many narratives, and I hope that it will happen for the entire like NBA Twitter that it will flip a narrative that one the Thunder are cheap. Like you have, like now they're paying the biggest luxury tax bill in the NBA. Like they're going to do that um, to that 
nobody wants to play with Russell Westbrook. Um, you that that completely changes the narrative, and that this Thunder team is going nowhere. Like you, a lot of people may still say that, but I don't know that you can if you have any if you've been educated on the NBA at all and have watched this team and watched what they're capable of. I don't know how you can say that either. And so I just the fact that he committed for as long as he did should say a ton about the organization, a ton about what this team has built, a ton about Russell Westbrook himself and should flip a lot of these things on its head. And I, you know, Matt Moore, I tweeted earlier that he's like fighting the good fight for the thunder out there on Twitter because people just regurgitate the same points that they've heard over and over and over again from people that have been spurned by the, by this team and by Russell Westbrook and they just flat out just don't like them and they would love for them to not have success. Like those are real things that have happened and maybe it's not the greatest thing in the world to have your best player doing crap like that. But the fact is that this, this, you know, Jeremy Grant and Paul George resigning just the instant that they could, man, like it just says so much and it should flip a lot of these narratives that have been prevalent over the past two years on its head. And, you know, Kevin Durant made the decision that he did, but it doesn't mean that everybody who's talented doesn't want to play with Russell. It's just obviously not the case. Uh, Speaking of narratives, um, Michael Lee just tweeted a very interesting stuff about the fact that Melo is a big Nas fan and he probably wasn't invited (laughs) to the party. That is weird. That That is kind of weird. And also another weird, very weird stuff is why the T-Wolves are interested in Amir Johnson. <laughs> like, that, 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 I, I can parse it. Like you have, you have like tons of bigs. Like why, why are you inquiring? I don't know. <sighs> hey, boys, I got to run. I got to okay. go to bed. It's so late. How, what time is it in Italy? Uh, 7.13 in the morning. Oh, man. It's only 10 in Portland. Oh, that's see that I need to move to the West Coast. That's next. I'm going all night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all have a good night. Uh, what an exciting night for the Thunder. Thanks oh, for letting me jump so on. Good. Bye, Jay. All right, see you guys. Bye, Jay. Uh you guys have anything else? I think we've done about an hour here. Uh yeah, we'll was, do what, what are what are your thoughts about this Michael Lee tweet? It's, it's just like it's significant. I mean, there's I mean, I think that they will They'd like to have Melo be either a bench piece or a guy that plays 20 minutes a game, but it's obviously there's there's a bigger chasm there between the team and Melo than even we thought. And so uh, it's significant, and I think that we need to start thinking about Melo as an asset, like we've discussed on this podcast, as a way for this team to get better. And a way for them to, uh, you know, find some pieces for the next couple of years to to pair with this team and to find some depth. Well, there is a, there is a player that you mentioned it. Uh, you mentioned him. Uh, I don't remember if it was like uh, Friday down to dunk or Dream Team, but what if they go like uh, Terrence um, Mello plus? a pick and get maybe not even a pick or well, some asset um, for Kevin Love. Yeah. If, if LeBron leaves that, 
that is interesting. That gives Russ like a ton of space, like a ton of space. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that's out of the question. You just have to wonder if there's better offers for Kevin Love, but also like what is yeah. his value? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it know. has the same the same issues uh, that that Melo's has on the defensive side of the ball, um, and so yes, that that is um, I don't know probably like a, a lesser player but a more functional player would be the best uh, pickup for KC, like yeah. one that can um, where you can have like Jeremy on the starting five uh, and this guy playing bench minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you have to wonder if if the money would be better spent because like we saw we were very excited last summer about Mello and the you know the idea of having him here, but as the season wore on, you were just like, man, I kind of rather have Ennis and Doug McDermott, and it's like that's both are both at the end of the day weren't the greatest options, um, but you just have to wonder if you'd rather have two defensive minded guys that can maybe score it a little bit that don't need the ball because. Like Russell Westbrook, for better or for worse, is a ball dominant guy, and Paul George is another guy that can soak up a lot of shots. And is there enough room for a Kevin Love on this team, especially if he's going to bring the same problems? And then you're, I don't think he'll bring as much ego uh, as Melo mm-hmm. did, but still, like it's it's got to be there for an All Star. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah, you're right. Do you really want more? Like, do you really want to add more star power to this team? Uh, or do you just want to add pieces that fit? Like Houston last year, they were awesome and they almost beat the Warriors and they really just had two stars, you know, uh, and they just had a ton of really great role players around them. And you just have to wonder if the Thunder need to do something similar to that. And that's maybe your best case. Maybe you need to go find your Eric Gordon, you know, like who is, mm-hmm. who could that be for, for OKC? And so. I think something like that might make a little bit more sense. So I've convinced myself now that they're going to make a trade with Miami. Uh, (laughs) So of a potential of potential packages, what would be your ideal package between Tyler Johnson, James Johnson, Dion waiters, Kelly Olenek. I feel like those are the only four that they would realistically want to get off of. Uh, I think that James Johnson and Dion would be the two that I would choose. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you pay uh, 1 million um, to, to make this trade. Um, but it's that's a good trade to make uh, because yeah. you, it gives you depth. Um, on, on the other side, I, I, I'm not sure Dion is really fit for this team. Because you have you have guys uh, that can play the two guard unless unless you want to give him uh, which is a very very scary proposition you want to give him the keys of the second unit um, keys in terms of being the lead ball handler uh, in the second unit if that is the, uh, the 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 idea so you basically have a second unit with uh, PG and, and DNS ball handlers then maybe. Maybe. I can't believe you would say such slanderous things about Dion Waiters on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> no, I know, I get it. I get it. Uh, th- there does, you have to, and this is good for the Thunder, is that 
I, I feel like last summer it was just like, how can we get the most talent possible on this team? Like we need to do that mm-hmm. and we need to do it now. But now you can be more concerned with like long-term fit and yeah. long-term. What is this team going to look like? And not only do we need to maximize our assets, but we need to make sure that they fit around these guys, period. And how can we find those guys? And so uh, they have the time and they have a, a you know, Mello's contract is an asset at this point to help clear space for teams next summer. And so how do they use that? Do they use it? Do they? I mean, a lot of people still say, like, they should stretch Mello. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they should either. Uh, it's still a possibility. Like, you have to, in the equation, you have to think about stretching him. You have to think about a buyout, and you have to think about a trade. I still think the trade is most likely, and I think that it's what they will do at the end of the day to find more depth for this team because... I mean, after Dre went down, they had to rely on Corey Brewer. And you don't want to find yourself in that position again. No. Um, And so I think that using Mello to find some depth makes a ton of sense. And I think there's probably a lot of teams that spent too much money in 2016 that are ready to, you know, make some cap space for next year or get some cap relief for a team that's not that good. So, uh, but man, I just can't believe that this happened people were set people were telling me earlier today like hey this is serious a serious possibility like this could really happen and it's been kind of there's been rumblings of it over the past couple of days that you know he really could sign at midnight and we're like yeah like he's yeah right like he's gonna take a meeting with the lakers like come on like that's that's great <sighs> that's crazy talk and like yeah. today like in the middle of this afternoon, like people were like, yeah, this is going to happen. And there's still like 5% of me from three o'clock to 11 o'clock that thought, man, I don't know if this is really going to happen. <laughs> just, uh, just a, <laughs> he a will small, yeah, there's a small part of me that was just like, and it's just that, that, that dead part inside of me left from Kevin Durant. But you know what? It's gone now. Like Paul George committed to the Thunder for a long for uh, three years at least, uh, it's just it's stunning. Like it is actually stunning. Yeah, yeah. To to mention a guy before we go that that will probably fit a lot better than what he showed um, in his last season is Marvin Williams. Uh, he's not a sexy guy, a sexy name. Um, Who is a sexy guy? Kind of, Sexy name. I, I was sorry. Sorry, I slept like two hours, two hours tonight uh, because of my daughter. So se- uh, a sexy name, uh, I would say for Casey. Uh, but the feed is great. He's a um, he's yeah. an awesome shooter. He will probably start um, off the bench. Um, he has like roughly thirty millions uh, committed. Um, and you have to do a, a kind of some gymnastic to to make it work. Um, with Melo, but like Charlotte is going to to go probably in a rebuild mode, yeah. um, and and they may try to pair uh, Kemba with a sort of star uh, for one season and see how it goes. Um, and so uh, a guy like that, plus fillers, can be uh, can be okay for you see, uh, especially if they can save. Um, some money, probably not 10 millions, but five or six. Um, maybe like yeah. Marvin Williams and Jeremy Lamb for Melo. That would be 
a low bar in terms of trade, but I think that the fits is there. Hey, bring him home. Come on home, Jeremy. Yeah. You can you can sleep here in OKC. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And now they can and they, and I think a trade like that makes sense and the one for Miami does cuz like now you're just looking for wing and versatility depth, you know? Yeah. Like you're looking for yeah, your, which is hard to your, find. Your but, PJ yeah. Tucker type of guy, you know, that's out yeah. there, that's on a bad team. You know, Marvin Williams could be that kind of guy because he's played mm-hmm. on a bad team. He's a role player. He's a good shooter. He's versatile. Like you need one of those guys, and you know, Charlotte doesn't want to pay him. Like you, ju- I just can't imagine that they want to pay him. You know, for the mm-hmm. next couple of years with where they're going. So that makes sense. Uh, we'll we'll keep. We're going to do more podcasts, obviously, this week, but we wanted to get this to you guys as quickly as possible. Um, so thanks for listening. If, th- if this is your first time listening, make sure you subscribe. Uh, leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you get a chance, uh, go eat Andy's frozen custard because it is so delicious. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys again probably very soon. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Bang, <laughs> bang. Mm-hmm.